Come on, Jake. It's only your life. Are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Will. Welcome to the Brackish Podcast. We are your hosts, Knock and Cliff. Uh, we tell you great stories about the city of New Orleans and uh, some stories that are related to the city of New Orleans. You know, we'll go grab from South Louisiana. Last time we just grabbed right from France. We did. From France. Yeah. And uh, we are coming to you recorded live on Esplanade in the heart of New Orleans in Mid-City. Mid-City, dirty old Mitsubishi truck. They don't even make those anymore. That's how old that was. And well, that's what you'll hear listening to this podcast. Uh, we're not professionals. Uh, there's people looking at the sign in the front yard who still don't know what it is. Uh, you know, and you think they ever listen. <laughs> yeah. Whew, you're right. Big old uh, sign. Uh, how can they reach us? Real quick before we get this started. It's thebrackishpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any ideas on stories or just want to tell us hello. It's also on Instagram at the underscore brackish underscore podcast. And we also have a brackish podcast, the brackish podcast, excuse me, Facebook page. Um, we do posts every now and then, not just on the story. Well, it's on the stories that we do, but it's multiple posts on the same story. If Cliff does a post, it's mostly about wieners. Probably, Honestly, yeah. If I, if, if I do a post, it's mostly about the podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do more testicle, he does more technical. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, but we are going to get started with you today and tell you about uh, somebody that, quite frankly, he is no more, but he still scares us. Yes. Quite a lot. His name is Carlos Marcello. Yes, and I'm excited about this because I love Italian, I'm not going to call it the mafia, family stories. Oh, are you, you sound biased already. No, I mean, Cliff this is, is as no, I, New Orleans as they come. Look, I, this is awesome for me because I, I watch all this inside the American mob stuff, all these documentaries. I don't, the movies are good too, but if you really want like inside information on the big stuff, watch some documentaries on it. It's really good. Oh, so you're saying you should have told this story possibly. No, I mean, no, but this is, well, we're going to see where this guy falls in the line of it, but you've got Gambino, Genovese, Colombo, Bonanno, crime families. There's another one I just can't think of off my head, but there were five major families. In New Orleans? No, in New York. In New York? In New York, but... Yeah. They branched out to Chicago, and I think Chicago branched to here, so it'd be interesting if you... Well, if, you're going to be blown away then. Yeah. No, no, I know there was an involvement. No, but, it was direct involvement, my friend. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Carlos was tied way in with the New York and Chicago families. See, all I'm trying to tell you is I know about the big ones. They didn't go over Carlos in those stories because there was so much activity at the top of mm -hmm. those families. Being caught, all the... All the what do you, uh, Congress hearings and all that stuff. It was all the major, major guys. So, right. Not to say that Carlos isn't major. We're just, I'm just saying they weren't. He wasn't mentioned in the documentary, so that's why I'm excited to hear this story. Well, Carlos, Carlos was a southern. He was the southern family, as you called it earlier. 
all right? And he ran not just New Orleans, but Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, and Arkansas, my Dang. friend. Uh, and he started off his life back in 1910 in Tunisia. That's off of Africa, right? Jeez. If you don't know where it is, find a map, people. No, I'm just kidding. We had to look it up. It's in Africa. Yeah, just uh, watch hurricane season. Right. Probably one forming off the coast. So he was born in Tunisia. What was happening was his parents were leaving Sicily on a boat. When they got to the port in Tunisia, mama pops out a baby. It's Carlos. Hey! Carlos was born on a boat in the port in Tunisia. So he is a Tunisian citizen stamp. Yeah. So from Italy? From Italy, from Sicily. To Tunisia. To Tunisia. Right? And they come here to New Orleans. So right off the bat, uh, my man Carlos is an illegal alien. He's an undocumented immigrant. He is, he, he. Build no, that wall. He has no papers. He has no papers. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. Please. It's Ugh. 1910. That, we welcomed everyone in 1910. We, we needed citizens. We still need to welcome everyone. For sure, but we needed, they wanted a lot of citizens back then. Well, they did, they did. There's and, a lot of work. And my man Carlos took well advantage of that. Um, he had a few sayings in his life before we get started. Uh, I'll tell you two of them. It says, uh, a dog will bite you if you cut its tail off. Chop its head off, it will cease to cause you any more trouble. That's so good. All right, here's this other one, this other saying that was on his office door on the outside of it. It says, three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Dang. That was on the sign outside of my man Carlos Marcello's office. Right uh, now he's kind of he's he's kind of neck and neck with Louis Congo. He's he's We're going to see a, if, an, uh, an amazing an amazing <laughs> badass man, okay? So he comes to New Orleans, he does not have any papers uh, and his family it has a small farm where they um, grow vegetables. All okay. right? He's a, a young uneducated farm boy at this time and what he does was he's take the vegetables and he'll bring them in to New Orleans and he'll sell them in the French Quarter which at the time was called Little Italy. Yes. So he would sell these tomatoes. That was another bike right on Esplanade. See, that's what happens. Yeah, he's got our flag. It's not a big deal. So he's going down the street with it. Yeah. All right, so Carlos is in the French Quarter. He's meeting all these people. And they said that the French Quarter was really just a breeding ground for criminals uh, back in that day. Uh, and so at about this time, Carlos starts to hang out more in the French Quarter kind of leaves his dad's job and starts to run with some people. All right, now I want to tell you about who is running New Orleans at this time. All right, it's called the Black Hand Sicilian Family. All right, and they've been running the show since about, uh, you know, late 1800s, 1870s or so, uh, until, you know, the 1920s. And, you know, Carlos is really part of the Black Hand Mafia. And what the Black Hand Mafia is known for is writing letters to their uh, victims and saying like, uh, it, we just kidnapped so-and-so, if you don't give me this, you'll have to pay me this. Ransom notes. Uh, ransom notes. So that's what they were known for. They so, would also say, we'd blow up this building if you don't do this, or if you don't pay us yeah, this. Muslim, Muslim people. So what the mafia is like known for, like these are the muscles mafia. Yes. And this is who's running the show in New Orleans at the time. 
And this is who Marcello gets involved with right off the bat. Yeah, he probably sees like this, man, I see a lot of opportunity. These guys muscling people. I want to get on that action. Yeah, we probably saw some, probably saw these fly suits. Oh gosh. Money. Oh my goodness. The silk. Like, what am I doing with my dad's company? Selling tomatoes. Yeah. (laughs) This selling tomato stuff is small, but small tomatoes. (laughs) So. Black Hand ran pretty much everything. The docks, prostitution, narcotics, gambling, uh, when Prohibition was going on, yep, bootlegging. They were it, all right? And so about 1922 uh, or so, the family leadership goes to this guy named Sam Silvadala Corolla. Silvadala? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I, the, the best part about these stories with Italian families is they all have nicknames. <laughs> It's wonderful. Every single one of them. Sam Silva Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Black Hand Mafia was so bad, it was said that they were involved with the assassination of Charles Hennessy. Uh, Charles Hennessy. No, he was the uh, chief of police, the superintendent in New Orleans in 1888 through 1890, and he was assassinated in 1890 when he was trying to clean up the streets of That's, New Orleans. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yes. It led to a lynching of several people who were suspected of uh, killing the superintendent of police at the time. So yeah, that's the black hand. And this is when we get started talking about some uh, allegedly things happening. So I'm gonna use the word allegedly a lot because uh, Mr. Marcello was- You heard about the thing? Yeah, he was a very dangerous man. So we're about to tell you, you're gonna come up with three assumptions after I tell you the story. You know, you're gonna go, just a good guy, you know, got into some trouble as a kid, but you know, he's just trying to, you know, have uh, some things happening for him. Didn't work out, didn't work out, all right? Or are you gonna say, number two, you're gonna say, uh, he he fooled around with a lot of shady characters all the time. So where there's smoke, allegedly there might be possibly that you could possibly think that maybe he could maybe possibly do it. But I didn't, I didn't tell you that, I don't know for sure, so I won't say such things. But he kept bad friends, all right? That would be B or two. And then C, you would say, Never ran on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Carlos lived by C. Certainly. Yes. He got his room in the French Quarter. He's now living in the French Quarter. Screw you, mom and dad. I'm good, moon, bliss. He's 18 years old. All right. We're in 1928 now. And he's got his own place in the French Quarter, but he cannot not get into some trouble. Him and three friends uh, pull off a bank heist. Still three grand, all right? And then they run from New Orleans and they go to their dad's farm and hide out for three days. <laughs> Somebody tells police, I think these were these guys, they go over there and they uh, happen to find the three grand at the farmhouse. So, you know, that time in New Orleans, you know, kids being kids, you know, the bank got their money back. The bank did not pursue charges. Guess how much three grand is worth today? How much? $43,500. Wow, that's a pretty good pension. So in 1928, that's a, that's a, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Now, the way they hit it, obviously, it wasn't so good. Bad idea. Let's, let's go to dad's house. Hey, let's put it behind the hay. <laughs> They'll never look there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just starting out, man. He's just starting out to yeah, be. It's petty crimes, petty crimes. All right. I mean, we go on. But allegedly, he did this. Yeah. 
new never charges press no big deal all right uh but four months a few months later uh he then holds up a grocery <laughs> so wait don't tell me it was an italian grocery. i don't know if it was an italian grocery but he gets uh you know sentenced to nine years for that uh convicted for the grocery yeah for the grocery just holding them up like uh, yeah, it was like, it was a, arm it was armed robbery, you know, they don't play around. It's a time when, you know, if you get caught, you know, you, you're just not doing it right. Uh, the guy who was with his, his accomplice turned him in. Oh, yeah, he was ratted it, on his friend. He, he, his friend ratted on him. I mean, I'm sorry, yes. He got ratted on. So, uh, Carlos does his stint, okay? Hey, he had his first bench. Yeah, he got his bench, but it was, it was you know, hey. pretty long time. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't nine years, but it was, it was not like, you know, he just got out pretty quick. No. Yeah, I don't Yeah. Okay. So when he gets out, he goes back to his dad's house and he starts working on the farm again. He starts working on the farm again, doing his thing, but he's saving up his money. And oh, so his dad paid him. His dad paid him to work on the farm and he would, you know, sell the Sell the tomatoes and sell the vegetables. Can you think of, uh, I just, in my head, I'm thinking of a, a mafia or mob guy or Italian family guy selling tomatoes at a farmer's market. Hey, everyone's tomatoes around me suck. Buy my tomatoes. Well, for some reason or another, he makes enough money, all right, to buy his own bar in New Orleans. So maybe he did, like... <laughs> I got the best tomatoes in town, don't you think? Yeah. I could pinch you just like I got pinched. I don't know. I tried it. No, I have the best tomatoes, right? <laughs> so he gets enough money to buy a bar, all right? And the bar is really just a front for selling pot. All right. He Wait, was, that's it? The, the bar was a front for selling marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Like that was his thing. He was selling dope. Selling dope through the city, all right? He was making a lot of money. And as he's selling dope through the city, you know, he's working with the mob, the black hand again. So they had a little piece of the action. Black hand definitely had a piece of the action. And he even had a little pinball in the vending machine business as well. You know, gaming business of sorts. They say, oh, I'm just going to play the cards. And it's, you're not, it's gambling. You're, you're, yeah, right? no, I know. Right? So that's what it was. It was, it was gambling. Uh, and at this time, he marries uh, his wife. Jacqueline to Dollar. Okay. She'll come in handy a little later because it might be the only phone number he remembers. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's when he's working with the mob, all right, uh, and all the restaurants in New Orleans who wanted to put, you know, the pinballs or the slot machines, all right, they had to go through Mr. Marcello. And if they did not, watch out. Got any, you want pinballs, you want vending machines in your restaurant, your establishment, you got to come talk to me and my people. That's it, he had a monopoly. He had a monopoly over this. So, you know, word's getting around. You know, this uh, this this, this hey. little man he's called, he's only five foot tall, Mr. Marcello. He's only five foot tall, they call him little man. All right, word gets around that Frank Costello. It was the Luciano Crime family. The Luciano crime family, that's who Frank Costello's that's involved with. That's who I knew from the documentaries I watched. Well, at, uh, at the time where uh, Marcello's doing his pinball business in New York, those guys are getting pinched for their slot machines and their pinball business. So those guys need somewhere to bring their slot machines. And who's waiting with open arms 
man. My man. All right. And he says, come to New Orleans. I got all these people who love slot machines. Why, why was this not in the documentary? This is, this is good stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So my man Frank is telling Marcello, Carlos, Frank Costello, tell him, hey, man, we got to meet up. Everybody up north is getting paid. Everybody down south is getting paid. New York and Louisiana bosses got their share of the gambling winnings, and it was awesome. All right. But then uh, in 1938, uh, Carlos uh, was selling some pot, dude. And he was just have to have 23 pounds of pot, and he happened to just sell it uh, to an undercover officer. Just 23 pounds. Just 23 pounds. Since that's not a lot. <laughs> Have you ever seen a pound of weed? No. I've only seen it in half baked. <laughs> but it to me it looks like it fills up an entire Ziploc gallon bag. It was the biggest drug bust in New Orleans or Louisiana at the time. So they shipped him to Atlanta. Uh, guess what? Less than a year. He beat the rap and he was out quickly. Oh, allegedly. Uh-huh. Allegedly. allegedly. Had, Thank you. You got to save me. I told you that earlier. You got to save me with these. No, allegedly. So, allegedly had, so they had nothing on them. They had not a thing on them. All right. So in this case, nobody ratted on him mm -hmm. and everybody kept their mouth shut. And that's why he was getting so much power because he was getting so much uh, influence from these New York mob bosses and you don't mess with the New York mob because they will come for you four months later, like it or not. They're right. going to come. They're going to get their money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And during this time, when he got out of jail for beating that rap uh, in 1939, World War II is really kicking off. And a lot of people aren't even worried about what's happening in New Orleans and even in New York and even in Chicago because they're worried about what's happening across the pole. And Carlos is building his empire at this time. So in 1944, the mob bosses of New York, all right, they come and they offer Carlos a cut on an illegal business in Jefferson Parish, all right? Carlos agrees, and he's like, yeah, dude, let's get up on this. So the New York bosses are loving him. They probably wouldn't, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, he's like, for sure. Yeah. Of course. On the day of your daughter's wedding, <laughs> present to you. 23 pounds a week. <laughs> Carlos is so high right now. Yeah. Carlos is giving, he, they said he walked around with the deepest pockets ever. And he was just giving money away. 20, 30 grand in his pockets a night. And he would just walk around and he paid policemen off. He would pay judges off. He would pay politicians off. Boom, 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 boom. Sounds like Edwin He was the man. The casino was a huge hit, all right? But remember Sam Silva Dollar. The underground casino. Yeah, the underground casino. The racketeering. Right. This was an, an illegal operation, but everybody knew about it. It was no big deal. It just happened. Well, as long as you're getting paid off. It's right. Fine. All right. Sam Silva Dollar was still running the black hand. All right. But Sam Silva Dollar had a problem too. He was also an undocumented Ooh. migrant. Ooh. He was also an illegal alien. And at that time, they were trying to really hone in and squeeze off the mafia. All right. So in 1947, the government succeeded and deporting Silva Dollar Corolla. Is that how they came up with the Toyota Corolla? It might be, oh, for sure. Okay. And then, that is when Carlos Marcello is crowned the head boss 
of the family in New Orleans with the backing of the New York Mafia. And that is where we'll take our first break at the Breakfast Podcast. You're supposed to be earning money according to the information you give the Internal Revenue of 20000 approximately a year yeah. selling tomatoes. Now, where do you sell these tomatoes? Supermarkets and grocery and food stands. All right, would you tell us the last sale that you made to a supermarket? The last sale I made? Yeah. I don't make sales every day. I just, they're customer of mine. That was my man, Carlos Marcello, in front of a committee uh, talking about his IRS tax returns. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, it's on YouTube, folks. You can definitely go see it. You can also find this on YouTube that sounds a lot like Carlos from a famous movie you might have seen. Mr. Corleone, do you have any interests or control over gambling and narcotics in the state of New York? No, I do not. Isn't it a fact that it's a phony job? You don't sell tomatoes at all? This is no. just a way of legitimizing illegal no, income? No, sir, it's not a phony job. All right, then tell me who you sell the tomatoes to. I sell to a lot of people in New York. You haven't been able to mention one. Why are you looking at me over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much you making a year? But you know, is he what you notice what he did there? He what never Just, ratted on his friends. He didn't say anything. He no nobody he sold to. He did not say a word. The guy asked him about large companies. He didn't have a he didn't say anything. About I sell to a lot of people in New Orleans. Well, who was it, sir? I don't know. Oh, Mrs. Biff. Mrs. Biff came in with the hard line. Snitches get stitches. She's right, though, and that's why uh, Carlos kept to himself, for sure. Uh, and we're back to where Carlos has just been named mob boss of New Orleans. Called the little man, he used a discreet tavern in Metairie as his headquarters. And he actually had a marble mansion in Metairie as well. It's still there today. It's by the lakefront uh, near the Causeway Bridge, not far away from uh, where the knock even lives. But he kept his oh. business and his livelihood with his headquarters and his uh, house and this illegal casino in Jefferson Parish. So we can't say that, you know, Jefferson is cleaner than Orleans. Cause it ain't. Uh-oh. Where it at? I mean, it's at the treasure chest, too, if you ever been there. No, I have not been to the treasure chest. <laughs> uh, but, Sorry. But, but while a man was king running the casinos, everybody was getting paid. Monsters in Louisiana, um, New York, Tampa, Chicago. All of these families were now a part of this ring. And Carlos had his hand, like I said before, in Texas. But Dallas was his real hand in Texas. Hmm. If you wanted to go through Dallas, you had to go through Carlos. For if sure. you want to go through Dallas, you got to have some money in the bank. <laughs> so, at this time, uh, a Tennessee senator is kind of, you know, getting involved and listening to what's happening out there in the world. I picture him in a seersucker suit. Uh, he was in some sort of like orange looking suit, you know. Like hey a, now, hey now. Yeah, yeah, like we gotta stop all this business and riffraff down in here. I wanna cut of that comfort. now. 
Yeah, it's probably what he really Come wanted. Come on now, boss. So he goes down to New Orleans, and then he goes on the news, and then proceeds to tell everybody about what's happening in New Orleans. And everybody in New Orleans was like, uh, yeah, so... Wait, what do you, what do you mean? mean, like, in the news? Like He goes on TV and yeah. says they got illegal gambling down there in Louisiana. They got people paying off politicians there in Louisiana. They got uh, politicians that don't even care about what's happening except the, the, the amount of money in their pockets in Louisiana. And then people in Louisiana went... He must have put a bumper sticker on his truck. <laughs> he must have came through. He must have visited. <laughs> he created thousands of jobs. And that's what, uh, you know, Carlos was a man of the people. He would always walk amongst the people. There's a, a, a car alarm going off right now, if you can hear that. Sorry about that. Uh, do we have to put it on pause? No, we won't. We'll keep this going. We're not <sighs> stealing a car, nor is anyone stealing a car. I think we just have degenerates. A uh, bunch of degens here. Yep, there oh, it goes. There it goes. They turned it off. So this Tennessee senator, he says, I'm going to gather up all these organized criminals. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, they might be stealing the car. Nope, okay. Nope, they actually own it. So Tennessee senator says, I'm going to gather up all these organized criminals and I'm going to put them in front of a committee. And they can't lie to a committee. All right, and I'm going to stop all this. So <laughs> Carlos is called to testify. And he uses the Fifth Amendment 152 times during his testimony. I thought you only had to plead it once. <laughs> I plead the Fifth, like at the beginning. I plead the Fifth. Uh -uh. And that's it. No, yeah, like every I plead the Fifth. I don't know anything about this. But I plead the Fifth on this. And, uh, right. Interesting. He wouldn't even tell them uh, if he was married. And he wouldn't even tell them uh, his age. So... Classic. Yeah. Just classic. <laughs> Love this. So good. All right. So he was uh, thrown in contempt of Congress. All right. Spent a couple months in jail, but then uh, his conviction was overturned because the appeals court was like, yo, he can plead a fifth anytime he wants. Y'all don't have him on anything. So you just can't say you got to come to me and say what you know, because that's not how the American judicial system works. Now, let me tell you this. I've watched documentaries. I don't know. What time was this when the jail happened for him? Uh, 1959. So I'm going to go back to like 1929 because I watched, or 20s, somewhere, with, with Charles Luciano. He was drinking bourbon in jail. He had couches. He had TVs, beds. Well, maybe not a TV. El Chapo-esque. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like he was making deals from prison. So... I would assume that it's the same way. Like, don't think these guys were in shackles wearing the jumpsuits. They were, the guys knew who they were. They were probably paying off the guards while mm -hmm. in prison. Mm -hmm. So they were having the time, basically not as much freedom as they would on the outside, but just enough to keep them doing what they're doing to make money. So when they get out, they just walk back into what they're doing. One of the stints in jail that Carlos takes, uh, even the media said when he got out, you know, three months later, he seemed to be in better health. <laughs> he actually had lost weight. And Imagine so that. He even sort of <laughs> joked about it was like a day spa to get better with his health. I don't lie, people. That was during one of his stints. That's what that happened, and that's what the media said. Cliff tells the truth. <laughs> okay. So then, after this, uh, you know, this Tennessee senator does his thing, 
we get the McClellan Committee from the Senate. And a part of this McClellan Committee is Robert Kennedy. Uh-oh. RFK? I don't know what his middle name is. I don't know. It is RF. Okay, RFK. Yeah, Bobby Kennedy is on the committee. All right, he's got he's legal counsel. All right, Marcelo is called to this committee as well, and he also pleads the Fifth Amendment. All right, he doesn't want to self-incriminate himself. So after it's all said and done, like that other committee, they kind of just like throw their hands up. They understand that he's an illegal alien, uh, but each time he keeps uh, doing an appeal over and over and over because the law back then, if you appealed it, uh, just pushed it back. Just pushed it back, and he just had a uh, you know, and and he had a gross amount of money, like. Scrooge McDuckish, he was just going to the courthouse and paying yeah. off his appeals. Sorry. Appeals, appeals, I'm going to just... Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All right, so one senator after this committee meeting asked, uh, how how could Marcello have been in the country eight years after he was deported already and still be here? And Marcello said, well, I... I don't know anything about that, sir. Yeah, pretty much. And then Bobby supposedly reported, allegedly saying, I'm going to get rid of that guy. He said that in the hearing? That it to, not not verbally so everybody could hear him, but it said that oh, so he, he leaned like, over to Yeah, him. he leaned back and like whisked like to the yeah. next guy. I'm going to get rid of that guy. Damn. All right, this happened in 1959, shortly thereafter. And in 1961, who gets Prez? J.F. Kizzle. Right, Bobby's brother. Yeah. All right. and then Johnny Bo- F. Yeah, Bobby's John, brother. Not Johnny Football. Nah. <laughs> J.F.K. And he is on a crusade. Bobby is, of sorts. And he wants to rid America of organized crime. He wants to rid America of... Carlos Marcello for certain. God, he's, I mean, really picking at, I mean, I'm not saying Marcello's small, but there's bigger potatoes at this time. I don't know if Bobby Kennedy feels that way. He feels like the American way can be rooted out from the inside and the old establishment needs to go. This is a new generation. You remember their, their cause of freedom? The next generation, my friend. Hmm. And guess what? The old generation doesn't like rap music. <laughs> the next generation. Oh, the new sorry. generation. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. So, uh, Bobby is then appointed the attorney general, and he has an un, you know, he has a lot of power now. His brother is the president, and his brother has really tasked him with this. Hey, go take care of organized crime. I'll see you in four years. That's what he says. Famous last words, I think. I mean, how is that not uh, just a conflict of interest with just corruption that you're that you're the president of the United States and your brother's the attorney general? I mean, there's got to be some sort of... If there were anybody in this world that you would trust with the attorney general job, would you give it to your brother? Of course, but I don't know if it's legal ah, to no. do it. See, see? Uh, it's legal. It's totally legal. But... Uh, yeah, especially if Bobby yeah. Kennedy came with the track record he had and, you know, JFK came with the track track record he had. I mean, they both were doing their own thing. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, yeah, he was doing it way before JFK was president. He was already in this committee. So uh, talking what, about what you're saying was he was doing it and doing it and doing it well. He was doing it well. Okay. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> Go cool, Bobby. Go cool, yeah. Bobby. Go cool, Bobby. Go cool, Bobby. Hello, cool B. Oh, hello. Oh, well, that was, I don't, Bobby didn't have any scandals like that. You know, JFK did all up in some Maryland. JFK had handles on them scandals. You know what I'm saying? Woo-hoo. Bobby is located in like the Maryland Monroe conspiracy theories. Yeah, Bobby Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. Affair confirmed by letter. Oh my goodness! Mrs. Biff gives us the uh, a link from where? E News, IrishCentral.com. All right, New York. Good. Yeah, good. I like the Inquirer. It. Okay, the, the IrishCentral.com has now said that Bobby Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe have been confirmed to be in an affair through a letter. That was just what the headline said. We didn't read it, folks. That's for you to you to do. All right, do your own research. All right. Yeah, we're, we're not going to France, <laughs> yeah. but we're speculating Eiffel Tower. Anywho. <laughs> People.com has even said this. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. We got it. It's a rumor. Oh, we got to get back. Okay. All right. Whew. So my man Carlos was pissing off the Kennedys at this time. And the Kennedys have the upper hand, of course. All right, so Robert Kennedy starts to come after Marcello, and the one thing you can really get him on is the obvious thing. What's the obvious thing that everybody knows? You Tunisian me. <laughs> Bobby ain't Tunisian nothing. Yeah. Bobby going straight for the heart. Yeah, well, he's paying off those. Say, so Bobby knows that he's going to go to the Immigration Services office. He's got some federal agents just waiting for him. And so Bobby pretty much just... What? Kidnaps Marcello. His agents kidnap Marcello. And then they ship they <laughs> ship him out? They take him on a plane, alright, and they send him to Guatemala. He had never been to Guatemala, but at one time he lied about his papers and saying that he was from Guatemala in order to get his uh, his stay extended. So Bobby Kennedy got him shipped to Guatemala and they dropped him off in the middle of a jungle. Boop. See you later, Carlos. He is in his gator boots, his silk suit. With his pentagon Gucci suit? <laughs> yeah. And he's walking through the jungle of Guatemala for two days. He falls once, breaks his ribs. He almost died in Guatemala. Wait, so he was, like, he got deported to Guatemala? Deported to Guatemala. So he was just, just trekking through the woods. Just, or, they, or the forest, whatever you right, want to call I it. Right, I think they dropped him off at, like, one of those just, like, playing, like, like, we're just, see you later. Yeah. And then he's in the jungle on this airstrip. You might as well pull the chute in a little bit. Yowza. But he remembers his wife's number. And he gets to some place in Guatemala. No, no, there's no payphone. Shut your No, mouth. he gets to a place in Guatemala where he can finally find a payphone and he phones his wife, Guatemala. Two months later, Carlos is back in New Orleans. I want to know how much that phone call costs. 
I wish we could get that information. There, there's been rumors about how he got back, but I, no one could really like. Hold I'm gonna go out on a limb there. and say Jack Sparrow put him on the Black Pearl and got him back from the Caribbean back to New Orleans. I'll take you a little bit back about what Mar, uh, what Carlos is capable of in on the West Bank. And they used to say he had a mansion out there, and it was by the Bayou. If you crossed him, you would uh, end up in a tub of lye, and then later on, all of your um, self that was now dissolved would end up in a bayou. Oh. So now he's back, and he's pissed. And he's already killed, allegedly, maybe, possibly, maybe. Hope you're not listening. Cello's back. Yeah, yeah. Back again. And he is pissed. Okay. So, he's still got to go through this trial. Because they still have him on, like, deportation. That's true. Uh, and so he's got to go through this trial. Bobby Kennedy is the one, you know, who is just, you know, squeezing his nuts hard. Okay? It's amazing that he's pulling at Marcello so bad. Right. Marcello really bad. And he's squeezing his balls so hard. And they have this jury trial that Carlos is involved with. And Carlos has one of the jurors in his pocket. On the same day of his acquittal, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. And remember what I told you about you, if your dog bites you, you can't cut off its tail. You got to cut off its head. Head, absolutely. It'll never cease to cause you any trouble again. Yeah. Carlos has been known to say that when the discussion was about Robert and JFK, Bobby. For sure. He cut off the head because the tail was messing with him. RFK, yes. <clears throat> Mr. Yes. RF. Uh, well, allegedly. 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 Apologies. Excuse me. Apologies. Yes. Allegedly. Okay. Because we we'll tell you about the connections between our man, Carlos, and Lee Harvey Oswald and Jack Ruby. Okay? Lee Harvey Oswald was known to be between Dallas and New Orleans. We know this. He has connections in New Orleans. His uncle who raised him lived in New Orleans in the summer of 1963. In the summer of 1963, Lee Harvey Oswald's uncle was completely tied into Carlos's ring. He was actually a well-known person of Carlos's lieutenant. Oh, The okay. same position Carlos was in before he became the head. God, I love corruption. This so, is so good. Also... Jack Ruby, the man who killed Lee Harvey Oswald, was also connected with Carlos through strip clubs. Yes. Jack Ruby owned a strip club in Dallas, and the girls on his circuit went to a strip club in New Orleans that was owned by Mr. Carlos himself. Boom. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, possibly made. His name was not on the ownership. Right. You got a guy who has a guy. And he runs it. He runs the joint. Mm-hmm. You want to talk to the guy that runs the joint? I'm yeah. going to go with that guy. So Carlos is now coming off his high. All right? And he is killing it. Literally, possibly, allegedly, maybe. All right? So now Bobby has no power. Bobby is pretty much stripped of his power. And they have the Warren Commission that is now going to look into possible conspiracy in New Orleans and around the United States. A possible conspiracy about killing the president, the Warren Commission. All right? And they come back 
they talk to Carlos, and Carlos tells them, you know, whatever, 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 I don't know nothing. Yeah. I don't know a thing. And the Warren Commission says that uh, they can find no significant ties to Lee Harvey Oswald in organized crime. Of course they can't. Nobody's ratting. All the friends are quiet. Why are you going to snitch on this guy? Now he's big time. No way. So he's cleared by the Warren Commission. Marcello's coming back. He's in New Orleans. Having a good time. Oh, I'm at uh, Armstrong International. My people are going to greet me when I get up off of the airplane. Ooh, My name is Carlos. And I'm now getting off the airplane. Just had a major victory. Warren Commission was like, I don't, we don't really can't tell. We don't know. And so he's coming off the airplane and there's this FBI agent in front of him at the airport. And he's walking all slow like a bitch. Like a punk mm. ass bitch. Mm -hmm. So Carlos smacks him. Oh, hit the... Oh, no. He smacked, no, you can't do that. He smacked him. Said, get the no. fuck out of my way. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, you just sort of walk past him with a smirk, like the big, big daddy, like pimp music. Somebody should have been behind him with a, with a stereo, playing some pimp-ass music, mm -hmm. knowing who it was. All right. You can't smack an agent. You can't, well, you shouldn't smack anyone. And the people saw it just like they did with Capone, you know? They saw it as, oh, you're gonna get him on tax fraud. Oh, you're gonna get him a smack and an agent. Oh, you're really good, FBI. Yeah. So he now still has the people on his side. After he has possibly been involved in killing the President of the United States, the people still enjoy Carlos. And that is where we will take our second break because oh. Carlos had no idea about the wall that was coming crushing down. And it was called New Technological Investigations. Coming up on the Brackish Podcast. back to Carlos and he's been living his life uh, very well since 1966 uh, and, and then he's cleared by the Warren Commission and uh, things are going great you know in New Orleans he's still making a ton of money he's still got his house in Metairie uh, he's still walking amongst the public he's still got his uh, large amounts of money in his pocket when he sees people and the New Orleans crime ring is doing well and good. Small tomatoes. He actually had a packaging, a canning company of tomatoes. Oh. Yeah. It worked out legit? Well, yeah, that was legit. It was a legit packing company, all right? Hey. I sold tomatoes. But in 1978, there's a new congressional committee that needs to look further into the Warren Commission and really find out what the hell happened? 
1979, he has to go in front of this uh, congressional committee who now has to look at the JFK assassination. They're not looking at organized crime. They're back looking at the assassination of JFK and Martin Luther King. But JFK is where, obviously, possibly, Carlos could be involved in. Hashtag Grassy Knoll. Yes. So... Marcello goes in front of the committee, and again, he stonewalls the committee because, Cliff, why? Because... You don't rat on your you friends. You don't rat on your friends, and you always keep your mouth shut. All right. So the committee, after he keeps his mouth shut, after Carlos keeps his mouth shut, the committee comes back and said, okay, we talked to a lot of people. Um, and we found out that the Warren Commission really didn't even check to see... If if other people other than Lee Harvey Oswald would have been involved, they just looked and see, oh, Lee Harvey was the shooter? Yeah, of course, he was a shooter. Yeah, there's no doubt he was a shooter. Right, other people? No, but Lee, yeah, Lee was a shooter. No, okay, no, we're not worried about Lee was a shooter. That's what the Warren Commission did. Uh, but they found that, uh, this other committee found that uh, there were allegations that there was a conspiracy, and Marcello is, and that's what this committee believes and says, and it might be likely true, possible, allegedly, uh, that Carlos might have been involved with the JFK assassination. Bullshit. This is what the committee concluded. Yeah. But they could not finish because the Congress session was out. And so in 1979, Carlos is still free, still living the life, because that committee, they made people, when they talked to them, say, hey, you got amnesty, nothing will come back to you. I believe it. I don't. I don't think they were involved in that. I mean, the the way they work. I mean, I, I I don't know firsthand, but the stuff that I've watched it's said by a true Italian. Yeah. For, hey, world. hey. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You don't go for something that big. If you went for something that big, it wasn't a politician. It was a leader of another. Family. Cliff, I'm gonna ask you a question. Yeah. There's this other family that keeps messing with you, and this brother of this dude. Ships you to Guatemala and your gator boots and your silk suit. Mm-hmm. And for two days, you are trekking through the Guatemalan rainforest. Would you be pissed? No, I'd say great workout. And I would say <laughs> thanks for the... Smoke uh, my true Italian. It's a great sweat. <laughs> It's a great sweat. It's a good deal to figure out if I can survive on my own. And you basically pointed that out as, I can survive on my own, so you know I'm going to come back. And I'm going to show you how I can survive on my own. On the day of his acquittal, when he knew he had the jury, and he knew he would have the best alibi ever, the judicial system itself, you were in court the day that the president was assassinated there's no way that you can orchestrate something like that hashtag alibi that's what happened so in 1979 all right marcelo is still free he's free from anything man but a much more advanced investigation was going to look into him for certain all right think about what every mob boss is really taking advantage of at that time but only like people who are rich had information over the telephone. Oh, yeah. Quick information over the telephone, right? Yeah, but a lot of those guys at the time didn't. I mean, they got the information, but they didn't use 
the tele they use payphones. Right. They did well, Mama and Carlos, he still he, you know, he, he still kept it under wraps, but he still had conversations on his telephone. Probably should have used payphones. So in 1979, the feds start talking to this guy, Joe Hauser. And Joe Hauser is convicted of insurance fraud. And he's gonna serve jail time, and he says, Man, I don't wanna serve jail time, you know, but I can get you in touch with Marcello, no doubt. And so, oh, for what the FBI? Because he's already involved with. Well, no, he's in the insurance, so he's like, right. I can get, I can drop I, a name on you. Right, I can drop a name on you guys. Can come in there and Plea do things. Yeah, because I do insurance contracts for him, and that's where he got like a, a lot of bit of his money was through insurance fraud and things like that. So Hauser uh, creates this phony phone business with the help of the federal government. And he's going to do some insurance contracts, so they got to get some new office phones within the house and within the office of Mr. Marcello. And Mr. Marcello's not thinking at this time, you know, he's just thinking, hey, my guys are hooking me up with this new uh, telephone system, so it's okay, all right? So they bugged that shit. They bugged every bit of him, all right? You would think the guy would know it. I mean, you got, you can't trust, even though you trust the guy, you don't trust the guy. Like, I trust you, but I don't trust. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand that, yeah. You yes, might yes. be my co-host, <laughs> but I fucking hate you in the background. <laughs> There's no question. You pulled up today with a bunch of this shit in the trunk. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else is in that trunk. You don't. You really don't. I don't know. You could bug me right now. There's going to be a bug on this camera. Yeah. Uh, I'm not was, trying to he say was too trusting. Were, he was too trusting. He, trusting. he trusted Joe Hauser a little too much. All right. So these FBI agents came into his house. Two of them, they bugged his house, bugged his office, bugged all the phones. And they also put a bug above his desk. And the light? No, I mean, no it was just, in the it was in the ceiling. Oh, it was just in the, in the ceiling. ceiling. In okay. the ceiling. All right. Just, you know, just to hide it. That's and so after all was said and done, the FBI had recorded 35,000 conversations oh. on 14,000 reels of tape, all recording exactly what he said. And what they found was that he was bribing public officials. Of course. Okay. That's, that's, I mean. So they found him. They already got him. Boom. FBI has him on this bribery of public officials, but they don't do it yet. They don't tell him that they got him yet. So they're thinking they want like they want serious. Like, we got to do yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. We got to do better. We know that this guy is into some shady shit. So they find out that uh, his people in L.A. at the time, his mafia people in L.A. got into some trouble. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Dang, he stretched so, that far. He stretched that far. So uh, the FBI had set up this thing with the people in Los Angeles that you can help us get Carlos. We can help you. And so the Los Angeles people did not obey by Rule C. Oh. All right. So they were like, hey, Carlos, we got this judge who's going to get us off, you know, for our case. Why don't, you know, you talk to him? So Carlos allows the judge to come in. He talks to him and uh, he says about paying off the judge so he can let his friends go. Little did he know that the judge was an undercover FBI agent. Oh, whoa, yeah. the judge. The judge was an undercover FBI agent. So not only do the feds and local government now have him on the bribery charges of a politician, 
they also got him on the judge charges. All right? That's crazy. So in 1981, he's convicted. How old is he at this time? Uh, he is 71 at okay. this time. He got convicted for the Louisiana charges of bribery through a jury. He did not think a jury would convict him of Louisiana Ooh. residents, but they did. Again, then, I'd hate to be on that jury. Yeah, you would. that would be a tough jury to be on. Uh, and then four months later, they hit him with the federal Los Angeles charges for the judge. So we're, going, we're, we're going nationwide now. Yeah. My boy's nationwide. nationwide. He's yeah. already in New York, Chicago. Nationwide Dallas. was not on his side. Not at all. He should have stayed local. So Carlos then goes to jail. Then his health deteriorates big time. Then Oh, it didn't it, improve. Did not time. improve. Uh, there's no one in place to really take his empire back in 1980. So the organized crime family in New Orleans, think about it, 1980, kind of, let's talk about the peak of New Orleans and when the peak really the bell curve was started to go down 1980s yeah i think we can all look at that possibly. maybe we can look at landrus yeah possibly they probably started taking over they, they thought they could take over so while he's in jail i mean he's an old man he's gonna die in jail uh and so he starts to now talk in his sleep and his cellmates and then the guards have said for three days he said allegedly allegedly in his sleep you got to get that Kennedy brother, and we're going to get him in Dallas. In his sleep, allegedly in jail. God, I hope he was, like, allegedly holding the cigar <laughs> in his hand so while he, has he to was go. saying it. So another investigation starts. He goes back to court, and he's just acting like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm an old man. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You know? Uh, it goes nowhere, pretty much. Uh, he's let out of jail in uh, the early... Wait, he's let out of jail after that Because time? of his health, he's let out of jail. Oh, okay. I because see. of his deteriorating health, he's let out of jail. Okay? Just and then he's under like 20... Then he's under like 24-hour surveillance. I can see that. For the next year or so. Oh, you mean they actually watched him instead of like Jeffrey Epstein where they just... Oh, he's okay. No, then... no. He got to go home. So he's on hospice for almost a year. It was so they were Epstein. actually more observant yeah, were. than <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Jeez and Pete's. Yes. It's terrible. Anyway. And uh, Carlos uh, dies in his home in his Metairie mansion. Again, that's right on the uh, the levee yeah. of uh, okay, Bucktown Indian Beach area. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the Bucktown area. And that is our man. You have three things you can think about him. That, hey, you just sold tomatoes. tomatoes. Hey, he just has some really shady friends. Or... Never ran on your friends. And always keep your mouth shut. I'm going to go with the C. Is we don't rat on our friends. And we don't make conclusions on our friends. There was a lot of evidence against our friend. But... Uh, he never did it. I mean, according to, I mean, really, from what I heard, everyone, I don't, I, I don't know. You never see I Carlos's name a, yeah. in a history book when you read about the assassination of JFK, do you? No. He was the major number one suspect, no doubt. Which other bring, than Lee Harvey Oswald, of course. I, like, and I, I hate to reiterate the point, is I was bringing him, 
when we first started was his name was never brought up watching these documentaries about the the New York crime families and all the stuff that happens in New York and Chicago because AMC made one on the New York crime families and Chicago, which was Chicago was Al Capone. It was never brought up. His name was never brought up about New Orleans. They, they mentioned like New Orleans stuff. Why do you think never, that is? Why do you think that is? I think they want to, it's just. Is it a bad time in history that we don't want to talk about? Why, why would you not? The whole point of history is to learn from it, right? Right. So why don't you learn from people who are, who've done allegedly bad things right. and try to change it and try to change the culture of whatever happened. That's my, I don't understand why you want to get rid of this stuff. This is interesting stuff that people want to listen to. Just tell the freaking story. I think they're afraid if we know the story. They're, yeah, no, they're not. Oh, man. They're trying to protect us. Everybody that know, that knows this story now is like 85. It's not a big deal. What are they going to do? Give me in their walker that's that that rolls whoa, on whoa, tennis whoa. balls? Don't you be like waking in the gar ghosts of Carlos no. right now. No. You know no. he's buried in one of those tombs. I'm sure he is. But his freaking grandson or, or son or whatever... It's not going to get me from his walker that takes tennis balls to get him to move around. Nobody knows somebody. He's got two friends that all they need is a secret. Uh, we're getting, it's getting, there's no it's secrets. getting really hot on Esplanade right now, man. It's, uh, it's is just, it a drunken Wednesday. No, it just makes me mad. Why are you going to go down? Why are you going to take a man down? Because he just liked to gamble. You're right. I love pinballs. He loved gambling and he loved tomatoes. And why would you take away that from a man who loved just gambling and tomatoes? I'm not going to say he didn't do what he did. I'm not going to say he didn't do what he did. But. So are you yeah. going with B or just A? He sold tomatoes. You're going with A. I'm going to say that. I'm going to go with C. He never had his friends. <laughs> and he always kept his mouth shut. Which is very true because of the trial with he never gave away the large corporation. He didn't even crazy. say who he sold to. Which is like nuts. he could have been like, I sold the economical over on veterans, you know? Like <laughs> Hey My boy Sammy came in. My boy Sammy Walton. <laughs> yeah. He came in and said, Hey, I got this big corporation that's gonna open. It's called Walmart. I'm gonna give you hey, you, you got tomatoes? Let's get some tomatoes. Yeah. Right, right. That wasn't a choice. So Mrs. Biff, A, he just sold tomatoes and he got a bad rap. B, he, uh, you know, he had some bad friends. He had some bad friends. He, uh, you know, got caught in a little bit of mischief when he was young. And then, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then uh, C is uh, keep your mouth shut and you don't rat out your friends. So C all the way from Mrs. Biff. I think we've got like a, I think I'm gonna go B. Just because I had well, to tell you the story. Well, the only reason that Mrs. Biff said C is because I held a knife to her throat. <laughs> so. Are you talking about Carlos Yes. We're talking, yeah, we're talking about Carlos. Who, we've been saying it to I you for. Sure. Oh my gosh. Redo just redo it. No, we're not gonna redo it. 
She's not listening. You're not. Li- are you listening? Folks, let us know if you're listening. Send us something at uh, G- the Brackish Podcast at gmail.com or Facebook, The Brackish Podcast. Yes. Instagram, The underscore Brackish underscore podcast. Nothing. That's it. That's it. At. At Instagram. And I'm still holding a knife but, to Mrs. Biff's throat because. She's not listening. Yeah, she wasn't listening. <laughs> Because I told her, no, this is not domestic violence. This is never run your friends and keep your mouth shut. Always. Always. And Carlos stuck to that to the nth degree. I mean, and he was in New Orleans. And like, some people say that my grandmother came over here because of the like mafioso New York to New Orleans thing. She came from Long Island to here. But you got a, a great you know, story, your uncle. No, yeah, we've got ties. So, I can agree with Carlos. Just keep your mouth shut, man. That's it. Don't let everybody know what you're doing. That's all you need to do. Hey, you're making a living. That's it. He tried to keep it low raps for sure. Unless you're doing something really stupid. Just keep it low. But the thing is, if you're not doing something really stupid, are you doing something really fun? Yeah. Hey, keep it lowing and keep it going. And mix it up a little bit. And mix it up a little bit. And Carlos exactly. mixed it up every day of his life. But I, as many stories as I read, I will tell you this. Carlos and his wife, you know, they only talked really about the one lady in his life. So, you know. Good for him. Yeah. 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 So, so Saturday nights were for everyone else but his girlfriend. Yeah, but his girlfriend, she stayed at home lonely. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's how it was. But we knew that he had a girlfriend. No no doubt about that. No. She was never talked about. Because you kept your mouth shut? Exactly. All right. True words. From Mr. Marcello, he also told you uh, some other things we just told you about. A dog will bite you if you cut its tail off. Chop its head off, and it will cease to cause you any more trouble. Carlos Marcello. We'll leave you with that tonight. This has been the Brackish Podcast. Yes, it has. I'm sorry. Mix it up a little bit. Mix it up! Mix it up!